One big win by the Hoosiers, one really impactful loss by Purdue over the weekend, and suddenly, are the Hoosiers back in the Big Ten title race? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Brood. I want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. I want to thank LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring today's episode. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals in 2023. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Hoosiers picked up a really important win in Michigan on Saturday. We'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But maybe as important when you look at the Big Ten title race, Purdue loses to Northwestern before the Super Bowl on Sunday. Suddenly the window or the doors open a little bit more for a potential uh, Big Ten title race. For a long time, it looked like Purdue was just going to kind of run away with the conference. As things stand, they still are a couple games up on everybody else. But suddenly, with IU still having Purdue on the schedule later in the season, there's a chance. And that feels like a lot more than what uh, the case was even two, three weeks ago. Even as the Hoosiers had started to turn things around, they were in the very middle, bottom of the Big Ten. A Big Ten title was so far out of the window. Now a win later this week against Northwestern. They're the uh, they're number two in the Big Ten by themselves and will sit just two games by, behind Purdue. And look, it's a long shot. It would still require Purdue to lose again before also losing to IU. But it's a chance. And, and considering how far the Hoosiers have come, this is remarkable to even be in this position. Let's look at that Purdue game because it's important for a number of reasons. Uh, obviously, Purdue, number one team in the country, losing on Sunday against Northwestern, the next opponent on the Hoosier schedule on Wednesday. It was a very similar formula to how Indiana beat Purdue and a similar f- formula for how Purdue has struggled in all of their big losses this season. Uh, or all their losses in big games, I should say, this season. Look, Purdue has a very talented team, but uh, in some of the bigger games and some of the higher-pressure environments, their freshman backcourt of uh, Fletcher Lawyer and Braden Smith has not stood up. They struggled mightily against Indiana. That seemed to be something Indiana focused on was not allowing those two to get comfortable, pressuring them, not letting the ball even get to Zach Eady. On Sunday, Zach Eady had 24 and 8. He wasn't slowed down. But Smith and Lawyer combined to go 2 of 13 from the field. Smith had 10 points because he shot 7 of 8 at the line, but they had five turnovers to two field goals combined. That seems to be the recurring trend with this team, and that's the weakness that this Purdue team has is this freshman backcourt has struggled in some big games. If you're kind of eyeing March Madness and 
you want to maybe highlight something that could lead to an upset, that backcourt has some worries. And so Purdue, it was close throughout. Purdue had a seven-point halftime lead, but it was Northwestern that made all the plays down the stretch. Boo Bowie, who had a big game, I believe, against Indiana, he's been strong all season. He had 26 points in the win. Wasn't necessarily efficient at 9 of 20, but he was far more effective than either of Purdue's guards. He had 26 against Indiana earlier this season. And then uh, joining him with 15 points was Chase, I believe it's pronounced Adige. Uh, Regardless, you obviously know I butcher names, but the two of them combining for 41 of the 64 points. Sound familiar? We'll talk about Trace and Jalen here in a few minutes. But it was another situation where we saw the intensity Northwestern brought against Indiana on the road a handful of weeks ago. They brought that at home, a crazy atmosphere. Everybody was hyped up for the game, and Purdue struggled again. It wasn't – I mean, I was going to say it wasn't as much turnovers. They did have 16. Edie had six of them. So there was some of the same signs there, the freshmen struggling, struggling with turnovers, and the end result is their second loss in the last three games. And now it's starting to feel a little bit more possible for them to um, slip up a little bit in the Big Ten title race. What it's going to require, like I said, almost certainly IU is going to have to win out, which in and of itself is a huge ask. That is no small feat. They're going to have to beat Northwestern, who they're tied for second with right now. Then they're going to have to beat Illinois, who is a half game behind them in the standings as I record. Then they're going to have to beat Michigan State, who is a half game behind them in the standings. Then they're going to have to beat Purdue, who's two games ahead of them. Then they're going to have to beat Iowa, who is a game behind them in the standings. And then they're going to have to beat Michigan. And you guys saw what it took to beat Michigan on Saturday. So that is a lot of wins. It would ultimately be be nine wins in a row to end the season and 14 of their last 15. That is an enormous ask on its own. But again, there's a chance, and we didn't have that chance. We didn't think we would have it when IU started one and four. It's a small chance. Purdue doesn't have nearly as daunting a schedule. They do go to Maryland, and we know Maryland in uh, or at home is – obscenely good compared to on the road but then they play Ohio State who is just atrocious I don't even know what happened I don't even know if Chris Holtman will keep his job through the end of the season then they will play us then they will play Wisconsin on the road Wisconsin is really bad this year and then they will play Illinois at home to wrap things up so a more forgiving schedule and they have a lot more wiggle room. They can even lose that IU game and still win the Big Ten. And that's assuming they lose to IU at home. It's a tall ask. But I think what this mainly represents is how much Indiana has turned this thing around to get not just back on track, but back into contention, which feels like, again, if you would have said on January 11th, when we recorded the show after the Penn State game, when IU was one and four in the Big Ten, that, you know, just barely more than a month later, we would be talking of a scenario where IU could win the Big Ten title. I would not have believed you. But here we are. 
if the two sides finish tied, I think they actually technically share the title. But IU would have the head-to-head in this IU-Purdue, both teams tied scenario, which you would think would just mean that IU wins. I would dare them to have IU and Purdue share the title with IU having two wins over Purdue. There's other ways it could happen, but I dare them to consider that a shared title. Nobody wearing cream and crimson is going to let Purdue live it down that one of their titles – came with two losses to Indiana. So it's going to be an interesting final two, three weeks of the season, but it's going to continue to be high-intensity, high-pressure games, just like the one on Saturday was. My word, did that take a number of years off my life. There was a really big exhale. I, I liked that the IU Basketball Twitter account tweeted, and now you can breathe or something along those lines after the game because that is absolutely how I felt the final five minutes of the game. Let's talk about that contest and some of the takeaways uh, I have from it here in just a moment. Before we do that, let's talk about today's sponsor, LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With with LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Very simple process. Head to that LinkedIn.com slash college. Post your job for free. It'll include screening questions so that you get the right candidates. You're not spending time trying to sort out candidates on your own. You can put the questions in and they can do all the work for you. It's why uh, small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Make sure you check out the brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. You can hear from the big name experts, the insiders, coaches, and players. If you want to go revel in some uh, Purdue misery, you can go listen to them, see how far they have Purdue falling. Certainly, they will not stay the number one team after losing another game, two of their last three. So we'll have that at least uh, heading into this week. And certainly, you would think the Hoosiers would probably go up after not losing again. So you can go listen to Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Also, real quick before we dive into this IU Michigan game, if you guys can head on over to iTunes to give us a rating, it really helps us. It feeds the algorithm, God. You guys know how important that is. Uh, so if you have not already, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whichever one. Leave us a rating. Really helps us out and helps us continue to grow. Let's talk IU Michigan. And boy, whew, that was not pretty, but it was a win. The Hoosiers take home the 62-61 win. They did not offense good at all on Saturday, especially down the stretch. They could not get anything going. What they did do is play some of the best defense they have played all year as a team, and especially in the final four or five minutes, 
just completely shut down Michigan and did not allow them to have any sort of rhythm, any sort of basket. That final play was indicative to how Indiana defended the whole uh, kind of final five minutes of the game. They shut down the drive. They're ready for the kickout. Hunter Dickinson doesn't even touch the ball during the sequence. The three-pointer is well contested, and that's that game over. As good as that defense was, you got to start with Jalen hood Shafino and Trace Jackson-Davis. Good golly, what a performance from those two. There are very few duos that I would take over them. I'm not sure I would outright take anyone. It would be an argument and a debate for me. I know Jalen Huchifino is erratic, and at times he can be he can struggle. And I, honestly, I thought kind of the beginning of the game he did struggle for the first almost the first half of the first half. The guard play was pretty bad, especially from guys not named Jalen Huchifino. He had to come in with two fouls. He didn't well to navigate that foul trouble. And when he came back in, he gave life to Indiana and that offense. Jalen and Trace combined for 49 of the 62 points. Trace was oddly inefficient. Maybe not oddly, rarely inefficient. It wasn't odd because he's going up against Hunter Dickinson, who he got the better of, but Dickinson made him work. Jalen really played well, 21 points, five assists, four rebounds. He did have six turnovers, but when you're shouldering as much of the load offensively as he was, him and Trace were, you'll overlook that. Trace played all 40 minutes against one of the kind of biggest bruising centers there is in the uh, in the Big Ten. It's, a, it's different than even playing Zach Eady because Zach Eady's tall, he doesn't really lean on you and bang with you the way that Hunter Dickinson does. It's exhausting to play Hunter Dickinson for 40 minutes, but Trace did it. At the end of the game, he looked like a guy exhausted having played 40 minutes against him. But they did just enough to get the Hoosiers over the stretch. I'm not necessarily worried about this long term because IU's offense has largely been okay. It has been pretty reliant on – these guys at times, but not to this degree. One of the other notes was that uh, uh, Race Thompson did not play. We kind of mentioned that, that I thought he could use a game to just sit out one more time and get healthy. He sits out that game. He went through shoot around, but he did sit out that game, which means he's going to go from Tuesday the 7th to Wednesday the 15th if he plays against Northwestern between games. Give him that week off. I know he went through shoot-around, but not playing in that game, having some time off, hopefully will help him get fully rested. Look, IU was almost out of players. Jordan Geronimo was pretty clearly limited with that calf injury. Malik Renew, I thought, was getting a really harsh whistle. He was in foul trouble. So IU really, they only played seven guys. I would have liked to maybe see some Caleb Banks minutes, but by the time Indiana could have really turned to him, it was about six, seven minutes ago in the second half, and you can't throw a freshman in cold on the road in that scenario. So it was understandable. What I think the best description of this, I, I know the broadcast used a culture win, which I can understand. What I think this is a clear sign of is an evolution of this team. 
This is a team that is getting better as the season goes along, which has been a been a criticism, maybe not so much under Mike Woodson, but certainly under Archie. Like it's Mike Woodson has spent his first two years breaking losing streaks, losing streaks that Archie built. This is another one of them. And I think this is a sign of how far this team has come. Last year, IU does not win this game. And almost exactly last year, IU was playing close games, which they could not close out, whether it was, and you can call the Northwestern game a close game. There was like six people that were even eligible to play in that game. Wisconsin game at home, Ohio State game in overtime that they should have won in regulation. Uh, The Michigan State game, which was close, and they let get away in the final couple minutes. All those were games that had similar feels to this one. Even if you look earlier in the season, the Iowa game, the Northwestern game, those games, IU could not get the stops and scores it needed. It did that. IU did that against a Michigan team that was desperate for its tournament hopes. And that was a team that was playing desperate. They were throwing in some wild shots. IU never let, uh, never held it, hung its head, excuse me, during those moments and were able to come away with the win. This is what good teams are made of. IU looks like a good team. I thought, and I was texting someone during the game this, the final hurdle for this IU team, and I sent the text in the first half, was winning on the road. And that this is that's the hurdle this team hadn't cleared yet, that they go on the road and it too often feels like they are almost I don't know if it's specifically doubting themselves but it feels like they put themselves behind the eight ball and it's this mental hurdle they need to clear they I thought they were kind of doing that in the first half they burst through that in the second half hopefully this gets them over that hurdle because if you get over that hurdle and you simply realize that we're a good team home or away we can do this then you're that that's what Big Ten champions are made of. IU may have dug too big of a hole at the beginning of the season, but that's a quality of Big Ten champions. It might be enough to help them win a Big Ten title in the or a Big Ten tournament title. Jokes, maybe a little bit. IU winning in a Big Ten tournament, though they did last year, but it bodes well for the NCAA tournament the rest of the season. They still have a couple of road games. Obviously, Northwestern this weekend. You hope that there's a bit of an emotional hangover. Michigan State on the road is never easy as well. And then Purdue, obviously. So they're still going to have some moments where they have to get over those hurdles. But you hope that uh, Saturday represented them kind of breaking through that, that ceiling and now being able to realize how good of a team they are. Because it's certainly opened my eyes and I think a lot of people's eyes but this is simply just a really good team. Speaking of really good teams, the IU women's team will take on Ohio State tonight on the road. Let's look at that game. Look at what the Big Ten standings look like. Get you everything you need to know for that one. Before we do that, though, let's talk about Built Bar. You guys know how much we love Built Bar around here. If you have not tried Built Bar yet, this is the perfect time. For those that don't know, Built Bar is um, a healthy treat that is actually tasty. And that's not even, there's no catch. That's not me just saying things. These things taste like a candy bar. They are 
covered in 100% real chocolate. They have a ton of great flavors. Churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, whatever it is, uh, they have you covered, especially with limited time flavors as well. They will help you with those New Year's resolutions to eat healthier. But like I said, this is the perfect time because you can go to built.com and order them all the same, and they will have every flavor available. But you can also go to Walmart or Sam's Club to get them as well. Walmart will have your four-bar boxes of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. Sam's Club is going to have your 13-bar boxes with brownie batter and churro. Head to any of those locations today. Get the built Bars you love, and you can thank me later. Let's talk about this women's basketball team. They are inching closer and closer to a Big Ten title. Tonight, they will play Ohio State. I don't know if Ohio State will be ranked. The polls might be out by the time you're listening to this. They were technically 13th. They were Not technically. They were 13th last week. But they got walloped by Maryland. If you guys listen to our podcast previewing Iowa, Wyatt and I kind of mentioned it. When IU played Ohio State on January 26th, so like two and a half weeks ago, we said it, or I said at the time, that was probably the biggest game in IU's program history. Ohio State was a top five team that uh, was undefeated coming into that week. They got smoked by Caitlin Clark and then ultimately smoked by IU. That broke them. They lost to Iowa. They lost to IU. That three days after losing to IU, they go to Purdue and lose, or they, excuse me, host Purdue and lose. IU fans saw IU play Purdue. They did beat a bad Wisconsin team, but then they got shellacked last Sunday to Maryland. So I guess they'll probably still be ranked. They lost to Maryland and didn't drop out of the rankings. That all, all they've done since then is beat Minnesota, who is pretty bad by 30 points. The biggest note for Ohio State is that J.C. Sheldon has returned. She is earnestly confident, like all Big Ten first team caliber player who has not played this season. She returned for that Maryland game. It obviously didn't matter much. She didn't play against Minnesota. They cited it just kind of being slowly bringing her back. So I would assume she's going to play against IU. I don't really know what type of performance we will get. I don't imagine she's going to come in guns blazing, firing away if they're kind of slowly bringing her along as they are. She she was two of eight for five points and five rebounds against Maryland. So it's a process. My guess would be that they're trying to get her back and ready in time for the tournament. Ultimately, and I know I could eat my words here, knock on wood, whatever you want to say. I didn't even mention this game's at 7 p.m. tonight in the uh, Schottenstein Center, Schottenstein Center. I'm not sure how you pronounce that. It's at Ohio State. It'll be on Big Ten Network, 7 o'clock Big Ten Network. Ultimately, when it comes to this Ohio State team, I use just a bad matchup for them. And I know I could say that and they could go out and beat IU. Fine, that could be the case. If you look at their recent matchups, IU has smoked this team repeatedly. You look back to last regular season, Ohio State was a pretty decent team that ultimately went on to win the Big Ten title. They kind of snuck up on everybody and just wham, they're Big Ten champions. IU beat them by 20 in Columbus last year, just smoked them. 
Then they went into the uh, Big Ten tournament as the number one seed, and IU beat them again in Indianapolis. Then you go to this season where they came in as a top five team against Bloomington and Assembly Hall, and they lost by 13. It's just kind of the way these teams match up. This is a good Ohio State team that IU matches up well against. For example, if you look at their press, that's how they that's kind of their bread and butter. They force turnovers, they go on big scoring runs and bunches. If you watch that game against or IU Ohio State earlier this season, IU just diced up that press to the point that Maryland or excuse me, Ohio State had to pull out of it. They could not run that uh, press because IU was just running right through them and getting three on twos and two on ones and open layups and stuff. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Ohio State's going to try. Your hope is you're at home. Your home fans can give you a little bit more support, and potentially you can have a little bit more enthusiasm, rattle IU a little bit. I would also imagine there's some confidence here from Indiana, not just coming off that win against Iowa, and uh, that's a big thing, not letting there be kind of an emotional hangover. IU's navigated that really well this year the number of big wins they've had, a little bit of a flex there, but the number of big wins they've had hasn't really been an emotional hangover. They've only lost once, so, I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. I just, in general, think that there's probably a little bit of confidence here from Indiana because, for all the reasons I just said, they've routinely come into this or come up against this Ohio State team and beaten them pretty convincingly, all things considered. So, we will see if or how Ohio State attacks Indiana. They'll probably try that press. IU with four players on the court that can handle the ball, Grace, Chloe, Sydney, Garzon, or Garzon, uh, and then Mackenzie Holmes' ability to get to the rim when they break these presses. And whether you bring in Scalia or Alexis Bargaser or Henna Sandvik, whoever it is, all those girls can handle the ball. IU is going to be able to take apart that press. So I don't know how much they're even going to try it, but IU matches up well against it if they do. We're at a point now where you can kind of start scoreboard watching a little bit. Ultimately, IU is going to need to take care of business down the stretch. But there are four games left, and IU has a one-game lead in the Big Ten standings. So any slip-ups from anyone below them, or from Indiana, where you're going to be kind of drastically changing the outlook of this Big Ten chase. IU plays at Ohio State. They will play versus Michigan, who's ranked number 12, 10 and 4 in the Big Ten. They will play at home against Purdue, a game that is a sellout. The first women's basketball game in IU history that is a sellout. That's going to break the attendance record again. I will be in attendance next week at that game. And then they will have a week off before going to Iowa, which either at that point, IU could have the title wrapped up at worst, have a share of the title wrapped up. So it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Iowa was back in action on Sunday and beat the snot out of Rutgers 111 to 57 to get back on track with a victory. And so that is why they are just one game back. Maryland won't beat Illinois. So they stay right behind Iowa. At this point, it's probably those three teams. IU is 13 and one. 
Iowa is 12 and 2, Maryland is 12 and 3. Something really bad would have to happen to bring Maryland into the picture. But IU controls its destiny and can if they win out, they're outright Big 10 champions. Any slip-ups from other teams leading up to that point and it could be done sooner than the final week of the season. So it's important to watch each one of these games and each one of these games, three of them are against top right now, top 13 ranked teams. The one that isn't is a sellout against Purdue. Every one of these, the next three games are on BTN. The last game is on ESPN. Tune into these games, go to the arena if you can against Michigan later this week. Just this women's team is so much fun and they're on the cusp of making history. Join, watch now, get it, get ready for uh, the NCAA tournament here in a couple weeks. It's going to be a doozy. Big thanks to all you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. We will be back tonight after the IU game, the women's game. We'll go live, talk about that game, and uh, start to look ahead toward the IU's men's game against Northwestern. Maybe get an update on the rankings that will come out today as you're listening to this. Uh, tomorrow as I record, we'll get an update on those. So big thanks to you guys. Make your second listen now, the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Isaac Shade, Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College of Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter. Subscribe. Leave that rating and review. It helps us out immensely. Most importantly, though, guys, as always, I hope the start of your week is good. And I hope uh, I hope you didn't lose too much money using FanDuel betting on the Super Bowl. A 15-leg parlay I had missed by one leg. It was a rough weekend. So I hope everybody has a a better start to their week. As always, though, and most importantly, LEO.